If you happen to live in downtown Ottawa, Canada, this may sound familiar. Now, for some of you, those are the sounds of freedom fighters fed up with government overreach. For others, it's Clark Griswold entertaining his cousin Eddie at Christmas time. For the citizens of downtown Ottawa, however, these sounds have kept them up at night, literally. But, and this is probably little consolation to the citizens of Ottawa, they aren't the only ones kept up by this. If you run a large organization, chances are you may be struggling with vaccine mandates and may be struggling with them for some time after these truckers choose to leave Ottawa. No doubt you're trying to balance the safety of your people with their individual rights and freedoms. And wherever you find two seemingly mutually exclusive needs competing with each other, you're bound to find lawyers. At least, that's where we found Erin Porter. She is a partner at Faskin in Toronto, Ontario, specializing in labor, employment, and human rights. She's been advising clients on how to manage the issue of vaccine mandates, and she's going to explain to us how the issue is at once both a minefield for employers, but a minefield with clear, unambiguous boundaries, if such a thing is possible. Erin joins us at The Nexus. Now, Aaron, regardless of where you operate, what your local government is doing, I would imagine mandates are probably a thorny issue for employers. There could be liability for those employers who don't implement a vaccine mandate and then someone gets sick in the workplace as a result. Or employers who do impose a vaccine mandate could have employees who argue that they're being compelled to disclose personal health information. Headlines aside, how realistic are those scenarios and have either of those things Born out. We can break it up into two parts. One is the worry about whether or not when employees return to work, employers will face liability because of their COVID policies or perhaps lack thereof. Under the Occupational Health and Safety Act, and I'll speak from an Ontario lens, employers have a duty to take all reasonable precautions to keep employees safe. And what that means is making sure that they are abiding by whatever restrictions are put in place by the government and then whatever the public health officials are saying. So if they're opening up their workplace, then they're going to want to make sure that they're doing things like physical distancing. They're doing the daily check to make sure that no one has signs or symptoms of COVID. If people can't distance, they're putting barriers in place around workstations to the extent that that's possible. People have to wear masks. So I think as long as employers are complying with all of the recommendations put in place by public health, then there's probably a fairly low risk that they would be found to be in violation of the Occupational Health and Safety Act. Under that legislation, employers can be fined up to one and a half million dollars in theory, and individuals can be fined up to $100,000. And then the second thing would be that if it can be determined that an employee contracted COVID well in the workplace, then it's likely that they would be covered under the Workplace Safety and Insurance Act. So their WSIB coverage would cover those employees. And if an employee is injured at work, and again, assuming that the employees are protected under WSIB, then that precludes them from being able to sue their employer. So there's kind of that protection there. Two-part question. What is the exposure for companies who either choose to implement vaccine mandates and for those who choose not to implement them? 
not choosing to implement them, we fall back under the occupational health and safety and the are you taking every reasonable precaution. So then if an employer does choose to implement a mandatory vaccination policy, I don't think that it's likely that they could be liable if something happens, you know, there's a side effect or something like that because of the vaccine. The bigger issue is for the employees who refuse to get vaccinated and therefore either put on an unpaid leave of absence or are terminated from their employment. And so if they're put on an unpaid leave of absence and they're non-unionized, they could claim that that's constructive dismissal. So the employer could have liability there and they would have to pay out a severance package, either pursuant to the contract or pursuant to common law. And then if they terminate them because of vaccination status, again, unless they can prove just cause so that it was absolutely necessary in order for the person to do the job, they would have to pay out these packages that you pay to people when you dismiss them. The caveat to that would be that any mandatory policy needs to allow for exceptions based on grounds protected by the human rights legislation. Typically, that's because of disability or because of creed, which is religion. Okay, suppose you have someone who's unvaccinated, who's working remotely because of it, and as a result, they're not seeing team engagement or the recognition for their efforts, either in the form of promotions or salary increases. Could they argue constructive dismissal or some other form of discrimination as a result of being compelled to work from home because they refuse to get vaccinated? If they are refusing to get vaccinated for medical reasons and the Ministry of Health has put out a list of acceptable medical reasons why one would not or should not be vaccinated, So if they're off because of a legitimate reason based on creed, then I think you have to be careful and really make a concerted effort to try and include them in your team events and make sure that you're sort of going above and beyond to have them feel like they're part of the team environment. But if somebody is just choosing not to get vaccinated, then I don't think that that's a liability issue. You may have employee engagement issues if you've allowed someone to work from home, but that's not a liability concern because they have elected to remain unvaccinated. The Human Rights Tribunal has come out and said that they are not going to protect personal preference, that just because you've decided not to be vaccinated doesn't mean that you deserve to have protections at law. It really is only in exceptional circumstances that people would fall under this requirement to receive a human rights accommodation. Recognizing that you practice in Ontario, is this common for places outside of Ontario? It's a potential that a decision not to be vaccinated could fall under that protection. We just haven't seen exactly how that will play out yet. I think that companies do have to consider what their actual operations look like before just determining that they want a mandatory vaccination policy. And they should also offer flexibility, right? Even if they have a mandatory vaccination policy, question whether or not it should apply to people who pre-pandemic were working predominantly or exclusively from home. If I'm an employer who's either implemented a vaccine mandate or is considering it, is there one key piece of advice that you'd give me? You should go into the policy writing process 
with an open mind and flexibility. If you have employees where it's a requirement, an essential duty of their job that they need to travel or be out, you know, maybe they're in sales. So they need to be out in public settings, venues, restaurants, social events, things like that. They may need to have their vaccinations or else they won't be able to perform their job. So I think you should avoid kind of a one size fits all model and really think about what the different needs for your different employee populations are. What I'm about to ask isn't making headlines the way, say, trucker convoys might. So I'm assuming either it's not happening at all or it's happening so frequently that it's no longer news. And that is, are people actually suing their employers over vaccine mandates? Mm -hmm. There are union grievances that have been filed. We have... I think it's four decisions now, maybe five decisions coming out already from arbitrators on the mandatory policies. We've had a bunch of injunctions filed. It absolutely is something that employers are grappling with. And what's the primary thrust of those arguments? Generally, they're saying you as an employer can't and shouldn't dictate my medical decisions. And employers are saying, we're not dictating your medical decisions. The decision is yours. Just because you don't like the two different options, get vaccinated or go on an unpaid leave, doesn't mean that you're not being given options. The fact that we have Health Canada coming out in support of these vaccines, saying that they are safe and effective and the best defense against COVID, all kinds of doctors saying that this vaccine is safe and effective, So I think the fact that employers are relying on that, employers aren't saying to go out and get something that's untested and unproven. They're recommending a vaccine that has the full endorsement of the Canadian health system as well as the international health community. So I think the risk to employers on that is very low. For those employers whose businesses, um, say, aren't retail in nature, Um, They don't face the general public, so they aren't subject to restriction protocols. Is there some advice you would give them about implementing something, assuming it's entirely voluntary? We've seen a lot of companies looking at incentivizing vaccination, offering either time off or different perks to encourage people to become vaccinated. We've also seen employers are implementing a mandatory vaccination policy for new hires only. The thinking being that over time, they'll have turnover staff who aren't vaccinated and replace them with vaccinated employees. And you don't have the same risks with making it a requirement of new employees that they be vaccinated that you would with current employees because there isn't that same kind of constructive dismissal argument that could be made. You still have to ensure protections or exemptions for human rights reasons. But other than that, for new employees, you can set these obligations in place. And then the other thing, of course, is to make sure that you are strictly following the public health requirements if your employees aren't vaccinated. I think we will come to a time when there will be different requirements in place for vaccinated versus unvaccinated people. So it's going to be important for employers to be aware of what the status of their employees is to ensure that they're able to follow the proper public health safety measures. Aaron, if you had to bet (laughs) as to where the courts may land on this particular subject, I love asking lawyers to bet, by the way, where would you land? If I had to bet, 
I think that what I would suspect is that arbitrators will likely find the policies reasonable given the kind of public health crisis that COVID has created. I think the courts for individual employees may be more sympathetic to constructive dismissal claims. Because, you know, in a unionized environment, you're kind of protected. You go off on layoff notice and you can be recalled and things like that. Like it's a more typical sort of process in a unionized world, whereas individual employees don't have the same protections. And so I would suspect that that could mean that at least some of them will get compensation for constructive dismissal claims. Erin, I want to thank you for making the time to chat with us. No problem. My pleasure. Are you a large organization running the gauntlet of vaccine mandates? Are you struggling with ways to lead your people in a challenging time? If so, then let Nexus help. We've been supporting clients with novel strategies and solutions for over two decades now, and we can do the same for you. Find us at nexuscommunications.com. That's N-E-X-U-S communications.com. And if you like what you heard today, then let us know. Comment on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you happen to consume your podcasts. The Nexus is produced by Alexa Paveo and Burt's Jaffer. I'm Chris Nelson. Thanks for listening.